0: again. My name is Jeff Watson, and you are listening to the Inspired Minds podcast. It's a show that digs into the soul of artistry and behind the scenes in the creative process and what is in the heart of the most inspired individuals. I'm having a lot of fun with these. I'm interviewing some wonderful, creative, wild people, directors and writers and producers and comedians and a uh, great musician that I interviewed named Freddie Johnston. You can find that one, too. Wonderful time so far. And I'm really more interested in uh, kind of the tales, the stories of life and joy and pain and what imagination looks like. And how you can put all those into a movie or all those into a song. And what that looks like. Having an absolute blast with these things. I like artists. They drive me crazy. I'm kind of one myself uh used to be in the music industry. First I was in a band, then I was in the music industry. Uh then I realized that I am nah, not for me anymore. I'm currently a therapist, but I'm also a movie nerd at heart. My goodness, worked at a video store back when that was a thing. <laughs> Way back when, when that was a thing. VHS tapes, hell, beta actually. That was a that was quite a thing. And uh yeah, so now I get to talk to people about creativity on this little show called Inspired Minds. So this one was an interesting one. This is Mr. Bruce Nahan. Who is Mr. Bruce Nahan, do you ask? He's a, quite a character. He's an entertainment lawyer who apparently did the deal for Suge Knight and Dr. Dre's Death Row Records. Just out of the gate. Kind of a weird one to begin with. <clears throat> and um, he's just still doing all kinds of stuff. He's uh, just... Producing and, and and he also was a co-founder of Chippendales Dancers. That was an interesting twist in the uh, story of Mr. Nahan and uh, just a great human being. He was a concert promoter. He's kind of a jack of all trades, and uh, he's still out there promoting movies and doing the deal. So you can listen to that entire conversation if you just hold on for another what, 10 seconds or so after I'm done talking, and it will be about that time to listen to it now. How's that for a lead-in? Enjoy. Bye.
1: Hello, hello, hello. I am here with the fabulous Bruce Nahan. Did I pronounce that right? It's Nahan, but it's... Nahan! I'm sorry. My can call me
2: Steve. That's okay. My Uncle
1: Stu was Nahan, a sportscaster. Well, there we have it. So again, thank you for your time. Um, And as I mentioned, as you were speaking just briefly before this, a lot of this is about storytelling, but also just about inspiration and helping others through mentorship. So uh, the first question I'd like to just fire off is, what was the first movie that you saw and why? The first movie
2: I remember seeing. I saw a lot of children's movies as a kid on Saturday matinees where they'd have double bills and things like that. Um, but, but I remember The House of Usher because it was the first horror movie. that scared the hell out of me. I remember watching, you know, a lot of kids' cartoons and kids' shows. McKeever and the Colonel was one I remember. Decades sure. ago as a child was every you know, things like Swiss Family Robinson and the Parent Trap and we all grew up with crushes on Haley Mills, didn't we? <laughs> I, I I can imagine. Um It was it was funny. I grew up with a crush on Angela Cartwright on Lost in Space and I, I even went to her store to meet her once. She runs she a store in Burbank.
1: What does she do there? What's the store?
2: it, it it's um antiques and vintage clothes and stuff like that, so I went just to her
1: once. You, had your, you met your crush. <laughs> yeah, neither
2: of us were little
1: children when I got there, but <laughs> it was fun nonetheless. I could see. And back on um, House of Usher, that was Vincent Price, I assume, yes. right? Yes. The great Vincent Price. Why did you go see the movie and then what did you like about it, hate about it? I, I went
2: as a kid. It was part of a double bill, oh, and I kept thinking hand was going to come between the two mattresses and <laughs> grab me, like a hand came out of a coffin,
1: right? <laughs> like those old William Castle, I mean, like the old William Castle uh, shows, where something would pop out at chair in the theater. Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, it, it it scared me for quite a while. It's funny, I acted in a movie called Don't Peek. About three, four years ago, I act five, six times a year generally for clients. Okay. And, uh, don't peek as a grandfather telling, uh, his granddaughter, among other things, if in the middle of the night you hear noises, put the cover over your head and whatever you don't peek because they'll pull you in the mirror like they did me 30 years ago. And wow. Of course she, she peeks and the rest wow. of the story is Whatever, you know, but <laughs> the only time I've ever acted in a horror movie and I got to play grandpa. <laughs> that's,
1: that's legendary. You can, you've done it all at this point.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm old now, so I guess I would play grandpas, not the little <laughs> kids on the bed. <laughs>
1: Times change. <laughs> yeah, I'm way past House of Usher. <laughs> what a classic though. So, okay, so when you, so you saw, so then what kind of got you into, from that House of Usher movie, into acting, film world, what did that okay, go? Okay, it,
2: it, in 1975, Tom Hayden from Michigan came to California to run for the U.S. Senate, and he happened to be married to Jane Fonda. Yep. It was before GPS. So they asked me to start driving people around, Jane in particular, and and it turned out that I drove Jane through three of her movies, fun with Dick and Jane, coming home and wow. um, and China Central. Wow! So I got my first credit as a PA driving her around unwittingly while I was a law student at Loyola. Fast forward a few years, I was studying for the bar exam at a nightclub. I uh, bought part of the nightclub and it became a famous uh, club called Chippendales, yep. male strippers. And I had a cousin who started a record company and I got involved in doing a lot of music. And then at some point in time, the fathers and mothers that run our great county decided a guy who runs male stripping and death row records probably would be a great film commissioner. So I became. The film commissioner in charge of the North L.A. County, which uh, for those of you who are in the Southern California area, we're talking Valencia, Newhall, Hall, oh, yeah. Santa Clarita, Castaic, Palmdale, Lancaster. Film commissioner generates interest in the industry to have productions, post-productions, vendors for production within an, a geographic area. And when I became film commissioner, I brought in two TV shows, China Beach and Tour of Duty. And we put them at the same site as of the disaster of Twilight Zone, ah. which we called Indian Dunes. And we built a um, Vietnamese village for both of the um, shows to use.
1: Wow. So it was the same place as the tragedy for the Twilight Zone, you're saying? Yeah, same place
2: place called Indian Dunes. For those in Southern California, it's off the 126 and the 5, right behind Magic Mountain.
1: Which, oddly enough, I used to live across from in Newhall. Okay, well, Um, we
2: went down 126 and the backside, which is now a lot of um, commercial reality. uh, On the way to Piru is where, uh, where Indian Dunes was located. It was a motorcycle race area too i what i did is in the time i was there santa clarita came from and also ran to the second largest shoot place in the country most of your tv is shot there mm-hmm. nowadays most of it's in santa clarita people pay attention to the oak trees they don't exist in iowa so i did that um at a point in time i got involved with a being what's called a site manager, which means you're in charge of real estate uh, in acting, And then down in uh, Long Beach, where I I work predominantly on, uh, and I hope I don't blow any fantasies, people in Iowa, but it was called CSI Miami, shot in <laughs> Long Beach, California. <laughs> if you look hard enough on some of those old things, you'll see offshore oil wells. Oh, exist In Miami. (laughs) This is why I love doing these kinds of things. I once asked asked one of the directors or producers, uh, how come we're not blocking that out? And no offense, Iowa, but he said people in Iowa would know the difference.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That seems to be like the hot spot for knowledge for these things, is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, so... Not making fun of the people in the Midwest, but if no. they don't know Miami and they don't know, know L.A., they could be tricked.
1: Apparently, they were.
2: <laughs> but I mean, There was a TV show that I ran when I was film commissioner called The Unit with Dennis Haysbert. Yeah. And they went all over the world fighting terrorism, all in the hills above Valencia. A place called Dry, Dry Creek Canyon which is now a bunch of houses.
1: I have a fun little thing. When I was a kid, in 1978, I guess, I used to live, in, as I mentioned, in Newhall, but I was um, right underneath the big mountains, and I guess it, it went into a range for a while. And I would always walk through, and I'd see some film sets and I was like eight, but one time, I actually walked into the set of the Muppet movie, the first one, and I'd get to meet Jim. And it was actually interesting. I walked in, and the the set guys are like, get the shit out of here. Why are you here? And I will never forget, Jim Henson did say, he's like, wait a minute, stop. This movie's for kids. Get over here, kid. And I got yeah. to watch him do it for a second. Amazing. Well, well,
2: where the mall is in Santa Clara now is where I think it was Cujo was shot. It was Onion Fields at the time.
1: So tell me about the, pro- the producing world. That's also, because I know obviously the commissioner and A lot of coordination, but the producer thing I'm interested in because, you know, in a sense, you might be kind of a story finder. Well, what a
2: producer does now, I'm pretty much business affairs and clearances, and uh, because I did go to law school, remember, and I started law school. I was in law school when I started Chippendale's. Uh, So I never really practiced, but I do practice indirectly by doing business affairs on a lot of movies, a lot of rights and clearance stuff. For your audience, IMDb is, is a a treasure trove of trivia if you want to know about any movie or any actor. Sure. Uh, so if one goes to my IMDB, they'll see lots of rights rights and clearances. Uh but I discovered I liked all that when I was film commissioner, getting involved with producers and and helping them find lumbered sources and and other things as we were building up uh, Santa Clarita into what the film capital is now with 40, 50 sound stages and the like.
1: 40 to 50 sound stages? Really? Yeah. Wow. Unreal. So here's the next question, and, and, and this is kind well, of the
2: producing over directing uh, was always more interesting to me. Why? The technicals See, I think a producer's job is to buy the canvas and paint and give it to a director. And I like all all the pieces of getting a film developed and ready for the director.
1: Then, if you can, give me your best story, best success with producing. Just in terms of feeling good about it, putting everything together, and then handing it off.
2: All of them. Um, Honestly, without ego, that's my job, is to create the campus. I mean, the higher the budget, the bigger the campus, obviously. Yeah. Angelina Jolie was kind enough to let me work on Unbroken with her. Uh-huh. A young lady who I'd known for quite a while because I knew her dad driving him on coming home. Wow. Right. With Jane Fonda. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I had occasion to meet Angelina and her brother when she was five. Of course. Of course. You have to father to drive him someplace.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's right, because they'd be with him. So you just drive all three of them. hmm What a – so far, what a storied career you've had. My goodness. Mm-hmm.
2: There's like 300 titles IMDB connects me to.
1: I've noticed. I definitely did my research. Well, I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it, it, it. I like that description, actually, about – the producer kind of providing the canvas and like here's the paint and here's the paintbrushes and go. Yep, which which I'd never really thought of. How much of it is also just hurting cats? That's sort of what I've heard.
2: Well, it's Rubik's cube. Ah, better metaphor. I mean, you got to get all the colors lined up before you can start.
1: I would have never thought about the uh, Rubik's cube metaphor. Because I'm not a producer. But yeah, because you gotta get all the colors lined up and start
2: off with this mishmash and you've got to put all the colors together.
1: Well, I, I want to get into the mentoring thing. And sure. part of maybe using your analogy would maybe being a mentor have a jumbled up Rubik's Cube and handing it down to the uh to the uh the mentee and saying, We're gonna work on this together. Fix it. 15 years ago or
2: so ago, I saw a sign that said, be the person you needed when you were younger. And that's a mentor. That's,
1: can you repeat that? Be Be the person person
2: you needed when you were younger. And that's the job of a mentor, is to understand what the young person needs and train them to get there. I've mentored some very famous people who've gone on to Academy Awards and things, but my job is relatively short-lived. Mentorship isn't forever like friendship is, if that's even forever. But uh, a mentor's job is, is to take a person two or three steps lower on the ladder and help lift them up to your level. And once they get to your level, they need a new mentor.
1: Why did you start doing that? What inspired you to go
2: there? I, I some decades ago, got in trouble with the law. And instead of going to prison, I was sent to something called FIRE, which uh-huh. instead of being indentured to the California Department of Corrections, you were indentured to the California Department of Forestry and FIRE. And uh, I discovered when I was at Fire King, how many of the young men who I was stationed with grew up without fathers or grew up without male role models, especially in the uh, African American community of which I I grew up. I was the Jewish kid in South Central. That's how Andre Young was my cousin. So I I've always been very attuned to the African American community. I I mentor at a uh, church for the young hip Hollywood. African American community. I was telling you before we, uh, we started this interview that I'm off to a premiere tonight. I, I do a lot of work on Afrocentric product, Afrocentric content, and it's a way of giving back to them for, for raising me. I take that mentorship program and uh, apply it to the young men and women in that community who Definitely don't have somebody they needed when they were younger.
1: And I think I'm going to get a an answer that I might expect, which is great, which is, what do you get out of it?
2: I got to hear, and I'm not using names here today, I'm sorry. One of my mentees won an Academy Award for Best Director. Wow, okay, that works. That made me feel good. But watching a lot of the young actors... And young directors growing up, I've got a mentee now who does a lot of TV directing, an African-American woman. Wow. Uh, and and um, it's part repaying, it's part paying forward. In my yep. psychology, you as a therapist can understand that. Of course. So that's why I mentor. Fantastic. I I really admire that. Um, my mentorship is not necessarily required to be best friends. No, I would, I wouldn't have time to have 12 best friends.
1: The idea of having, a, being a mentor, um, it just kind of speaks to a, a bigger thing. I, I think, at least for me, that I can kind of get some out of it, I'm feeling great about myself a little more. When you are, well, let me ask this actually. This is an easy way to ask this question. What are some of your favorite movies? Or music for that matter? I think the best movie
2: for man is Top Gun by a thousand percent. It's got, it's got adventure. It's got women. It's got ego. It's got male bonding. It's a perfect movie. Where I, a young lady, they tend to run towards notebook, which, uh, which Kaplan did, a dear friend of mine at the Producers Guild. Well wow. um and I'm waiting for Maverick to come out. Oh, hoping I it'll be at least uh, hoping it'll be at least as good uh as Top Gun, although you it know it looks
1: like it. Actually. Well Tom
2: Cruise is a hell of a guy and uh, he
1: refused to uh to shoot
2: that until Val Kilmer was well enough to at least have a part. Really? Yeah, he needed to have Val Kilmer's character come back, even though he's have to speak with one of those gizmos on the throat. Yeah. He he needed to have him back. He wouldn't do it until he came back. So that's loyalty. So well, you I'll get that him. out of Top Gun 2, loyalty. What a classy story. Yeah, the story, as I understand, Standard. And and I'm sorry if I'm speaking of the weeds to those few men and you women who don't know the story, but we know that Goose died and Goose had a son, who now goes to Top Gun school, which is now run by Maverick. Well, there you go.
1: I had absolutely no idea. At the end of Top Gun, they asked
2: Maverick, he can have his choice of any assignment, and he picked Top Gun. So that's the story and I'm actually waiting. Now Notebook is a loving, caring, hugging kind of movie that couples should watch together. So maybe it's not just a chick flick. maybe it's a couples movie. So I think those two are the best two movies. Although nothing needs sound of music.
1: No, no, none whatsoever.
2: You know, a um, thing. I, I saw the new Dune and that's terrific.
1: That was shockingly
2: great. Yeah, the cinematography, the acting, everything, but little Zendaya, she didn't have much of a part. i told she okay. has a bigger part in Dune too. As a person, I've had occasion to, to come to know her. She's watching people. This girl is going places.
1: Wow. All right.
2: You're like the Oracle of Delphi. Right now she's playing a lot of bit parts, like in Spider-Man 2 and doing and stuff. But who her TV show Euphoria is incredible. And is she somebody that you know from the mentee stuff or just kind of in I, general? I, I know her because at the beginning of COVID, well, she and I were both producing movies and we were in a contest to see who who completed the film first on the new COVID guidelines? So oh. we would text a lot back and forth. How many pages did you do today? How many pages did I do today? <laughs> and they dropped out. They decided they were not gonna follow the COVID procedures. So we watched <laughs> a won. movie called No More Goodbyes, which will be in <laughs> a theater early next year, I think.
1: Fantastic. You know that okay, let me ask you this question. This is not vexing me. Well, I don't. We'll see. So I'm a big movie guy. I go to theaters all the time, good, bad, doesn't matter. Once a week I go to a theater. uh, Yeah, once a week I go to a movie, and no one's going to movie that right now, at least in the theaters. I've noticed, or at
2: least not a lot. Well, I don't see many at the AMC here in LA when I go. I'm able to leave my phone on and text and watch IMDb. There's so few people in there.
1: I have done the same thing. Why do you think that is?
2: I think people are COVID-scared, but I also think that, for instance, we went and saw King Richard last week, but it's also yeah. on HBO Max. So I think mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with it. Why run to the theater and pay 15 bucks a head? Or, and I'm going to give a shameful plug to AMC. For $23 a month, you can see three movies a week. My AMC. friend?
1: I already have that card.
2: Continue. Yeah, the the a list. yeah. yeah. I, I had to go to a premiere tonight with my mentee. Yes. That's where we're going. Tell me a little bit about this movie. A lot of young actors realize they're not getting good roles. So yep. they write their own scripts. Yep. Now, the young lady who wrote this script, her name is Nafisha Williams. N-A-F-E-E-S-H-A her; She's an up-and-comer. She was on a, a TV show, a CW show called The Black Lightning. From the uh-huh. wrote a story, not the script. Uh, for those who don't know Hollywood, the guy who writes the story oftentimes doesn't write the script. So, she wrote a story that she can star in. And she is, in fact, our star. I will be enjoying a toddy with her later tonight. Fantastic. I mean, um, jump into Hills if you want. Jump into. I whatever. do.
1: Yeah, I, I do. So you and I were talking before about the uh uh the Chittendales documentary on Which is on in
2: on Discovery Plus you can get a free trial. You can watch the four episodes and
1: then cancel. Uh-huh. so yeah, so I was I was watching uh I mean I remember the thing. I remember it. I remember it was just it was everywhere. Um and so then I started thinking about it when I was uh knew that I was going to be talking to you, and I did. I found the documentary, which I told you, I'm like one episode in. But it's crazy town. <laughs> What's going on there?
2: There was a lot of death at News. The first police officer in our routine was a guy named John Peterson, I think. He was engaged to a young woman named Vanna White. He died in a helicopter crash at Van Nuys Airport. He was learning to be a helicopter pilot. That caught one of those Gulfstream washes. and was a beginner, didn't know how to maneuver when he crashed. I mean, professionals would have known, but he was a relative beginner. Our original choreographer died of testicular cancer. and, And of course, Paul Snyder And Dorothy's demise is documented in uh, Star 80. Oh, yeah. Right. And then in our documentary, we talk a lot about Nick being killed. And I think the story left out the fact that I was on the hit parade if I had been in that office. Really? Yeah, I wasn't there. I didn't go to New York that day. But were I there, I was going to be an opportunistic target. Holy crap. Then again, if both of us were in the room and the guy pulled the gun, maybe one of us would have survived and caught the guy.
1: Was, uh, coming out of that, and uh, that whole world, uh, was it freeing? Yeah, it, it, it
2: only has a show in Vegas at the Rio. It's, it's now a tourist thing. Girls right. go for their bachelorette party, which is a word we invented, by the way, ladies. Wait, say like again. Yeah. We invented the word bachelorette party. We ah, used please to tell have me about market. that. We used to have marketing that said, "Ladies, don't let men have all the fun. Come celebrate your bachelorette party at Chimpanzees."
1: <laughs> wow, that is, thats is—that's—I have no, I had no idea.
2: And we invented the male
1: pinup calendar. That makes sense, actually. That makes perfect sense. You were the first first people to do it,
2: right? So we we did both of those things. My ex-wife used to say, "When I die in Schindler's List, the survivors were all holding rocks, putting it on his grave, which is a Jewish tradition. But uh-huh. when I die, women are going to bring ten up calendars
1: and pile it on my grave. <laughs> that could be quite a scene. like, my, my God! But so so first of all, now that you've uh, you've entered a new word into the lexicon. Congratulations. Um launched okay. an empire and then it turned into murder and, and yeah. The curse of chip and Exactly. Which is the title, folks. Um it's, it's such an odd story. Uh because it was and I remember it was it was all hands on deck, everyone's going crazy and but yeah, behind the behind the curtain there it sounded pretty awful. Thank you for sharing your story. Because that's kind of what this whole thing is about. Thank you, Jeff. Take care of yourself. Blessings. Bye.